with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And if you were tuned in expecting to hear the usual Friday panel, that's going to be delayed a little bit. Alan Wishart in the host chair to start with. I've got, hopefully, two more interviews to do with school board candidates for the Board of Education for School District 57. I'm finally getting it right. And we're going to start today with Josh Silver. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. Now, the first question I've been asking everybody, pretty straightforward. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and why you're running. Well, I'm from Prince George here. I grew up, I've been here for 30 years. Uh, I grew up playing pool downtown at the Chalkies Billiards <laughs> for a lot of my years, and soccer, hockey, all the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, married with the two kids, two beautiful little girls, and a loving wife. She's beautiful too, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm just I, I'm here. I got to be here. I feel like I was called. Okay, yeah. so no specific issue that you're running for, really. It's just you felt the need to to yeah. run. I think we can all agree there's a lot of issues for sure. Yeah, uh, what's uh, most important, I think, probably is the uh, the shortage of teachers. Some a lot of, I've heard from quite a few teachers now say that we're even at crisis levels. So okay. I'm hearing stories about kids, kids looking after other kids and stuff. Oh, okay. And even in the classroom, up to up, at times. So that's sort of the biggest education issue, because of course there's another issue in the schools. Well, we'll get to that later because you've already you've brought this up. Is that what you see as the biggest education I, issue? I do. If yeah. how do you get caught up if you can't if you're behind already? Yeah. Like, like if, how do you how do you look after the kids if you can't even get enough people that care about their education to join? Yeah. Why, why, are, why aren't teachers wanting to be there? Mm-hmm. I think is the main yeah. question. Now, I guess part of that would then be the district would have to go to the provincial government because the provincial government is the one who sort of, technically, I think the provincial government is the one who hires the teachers, really. Yeah. So it's going to be on the provincial government. And I guess the other question, and I don't have figures on this or anything, is this a provincial problem? Like, are all school districts having this problem, or is this something that's maybe Prince George and maybe the northern districts? I believe it's provincial, probably, but, mm-hmm. I mean, not just in the school district either. Everybody's crying for help right now, yes. it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, we need to figure out what's right for Prince George, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think the problem that most people think of when they think of the school district came about because the provincial government sent down that... Uh, team last year to look at the school system and the two words that came out in their report were systemic racism right. in the district if you're on the board how does the board start to start to get rid of racism in the schools because you're not going to do it in a, in a year or four years even but how do you start well i think start with equality give mm-hmm. our kids a fair shake to be to be grow up as one yeah i think that's the biggest thing it's uh, we seem to focus on it not saying it doesn't deserve any focus at all but it shouldn't be the top focus i think we should the top focus should be on equality getting okay. people getting the kids to not not ostracize each other for who they want to be whoever or who they are yeah. whoever we are or whoever we want to be is should be fine with everybody and you shouldn't be bothered for it either mm-hmm. now graduation rates are the way that a lot of people look at school districts success if you will and obviously, we still have problems up here, as across the north. Is there a, is there a quick and easy, well, maybe not a quick and easy way, but how do we improve the graduation rates for all students? 
once again, teachers. We need teachers yeah. in there to, to get there. I, I think mm-hmm. it would probably be the biggest thing. And I honestly think about I, we're, it's it, the more people I talk to, the more teachers and staff I talk to is it's it's bad. It's, mm-hmm. it's we need. I think we're it's gonna have to be a community effort. Yeah, parents. So maybe we need more parent teacher interviews or not interviews, but like maybe. Like I said, if I get in, maybe I, maybe we should rent a rent a hall for a month mm-hmm. or for a day out every month, and and get parents to come get involved, and mm-hmm. maybe they can help in some ways. Yeah. Now, graduation rates, as I was saying, that's sort of the way a lot of people look at the success of a school district is graduation rates. The students graduate. If they stay local, they maybe go to CNC, they go to UNBC, they go to some other post secondary school. But what do they do when they're not in school and they're out of the school system? Like, how do we? How can the district better prepare students for the real world outside of school? Yeah, I, th- I think some of it might be like I think uh, Corey Antrim touches touches on it quite a bit about uh, you know, the extracurricular activities. You mm-hmm. know, maybe somehow we could get some funding for that somehow, or mm-hmm. budget cut somewhere to. To make funding for that, so it's available for all kids, because yeah. that's uh, all kids should have equal opportunities. Yeah, and in the real world as well, like I've mentioned a couple of times with other interviews, years and years and years ago, more years than they care to admit, I took accounting when I was in school, and I I don't know if I still could do it, but I learned how to do the books for a company. Yeah. I didn't learn anything about how to do a budget for myself. Right. And that's a real world thing, and I think a lot of I don't know how many students are getting that kind of advice. Is that something that the school district should look at doing is making sure that the kids are ready for life outside of school? Yeah, I don't think it would hurt for at all. No, I think that's a great idea. There's a, even when we were in when I was in school, I remember talking with like not half the stuff now, like people, like some of the most successful people I know that didn't graduate school. It's because mm-hmm. you know they're. They probably had good family life, and their their parents looked after them and taught them what they needed to know to be successful. Yes. As I say, you can only stay in school for so long. Even if you go, say, to medical school, which is another, what, seven or ten years, at some point you've got to leave school and join the real world. How important is it for students, though, to form bonds in the school? I think that might be one of the most important things we should be focusing mm-hmm. on is, is respect. It's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. If without respect, you got nothing really. If you don't respect each other, that's that's why the bully and that's why the racism yeah. and that's why all this stuff. That honestly, I, I honestly believe it's uh, all this division is brought fr- brought brought in by the system within the mm-hmm. system. It seems like to me, it's like yeah. we 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 need to figure out how to solve the problem, not keep keep gaslighting it. Yeah. Uh, so, can you see any? easy starting steps for solving the problem of getting the students together well, it's, I think it's going to have to take a little bit of authority almost a little bit at this point from what I'm hearing what's going on in the schools to do with even teacher student abuse and drugs in the bathrooms and mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, it needs some. I mean, it depends who you talk to. Some people say it's it's okay. It's at least they're safe, safe or whatever doing it. It's like mm-hmm. no, it's not okay. No. Kids don't need to be doing drugs. Kids don't need sexuality all up in their face. No, kids don't need to be hitting the bathroom to go hit their vapes. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not okay. No. So even though it's part of society to some extent, it shouldn't be in the schools. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe that for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
to yeah. give them their space and let them be who they want to be with and yeah. help guide them in the right direction. Are the students getting enough through grade 12 even of the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic? Because we still hear stories about kids coming out of high school with their grade 12 diploma and everything who can't do fairly simple arithmetic and maybe have trouble still reading an uncomplicated piece of writing. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I've heard that's, that from a few people, too. Even, uh, I think that goes back to the teacher shortage, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure teachers are busy. Like, when our girl fo- girls fall behind on something, we got to spend time at home with them to get yeah. them caught up to where they need to be and make mm-hmm. sure they're, they're at least where they got to be, right? Yeah. And then stay on them to, to actually care enough to, yeah. you know, take initiative themselves, right? And the unfortunate thing, of course, is there's some parents who either, I don't want to say they don't care, but they maybe don't have the time to do things like that. And they maybe don't even know for sure that their child is falling behind. Can can the teachers, even though there's a teacher shortage, can teachers do something to help when they see a student is falling behind? We've had pretty good luck with our teachers up at College Heights there. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of them that have sent us letters, like when, when, even if they're hanging around with people that maybe they're... Bad, okay. bad apples, yeah. you could say. Okay. Just, just giving us a heads up and what the mm-hmm. kind of trouble they're kind of starting to get into. I, I think that that'd be great to help. Great, mm-hmm. to, that's a that was a great help. And I mean, maybe maybe parents could even help help relay messages for them somehow. I, I, like, I just feel like they're they they need help. Mm-hmm. There's not a doubt in my mind. After talking mm-hmm. to teachers and parents and students, even yeah. it's 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 it, they need help now. So when you're working with your daughters because they've fallen behind maybe a little bit, do you sometimes? get advice from the teacher on what they're falling behind on and how you can help at home yeah yeah mm. they're, they're, there's the communication letters yeah. for sure they're coming yeah. i mean that's that's still there but again how much time do they really have to put in each child right yeah uh, maybe some child children are going to need more more than others so yeah. maybe at least some left out yeah because maybe they maybe they don't need help but because the teacher doesn't think they they do, but if yeah. there was more help, then you'd be able to uh, focus on uh, focus on each each kid individually a little bit more and see what their issues are and how you can help them. Okay, Josh Silver, running for the board of education for school district fifty seven. Voting is tomorrow, people. Remember that. Thank you very much for coming in. Right on. Thank you. Okay, take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Community Radio CFISFM needs your support. While our station is run predominantly by volunteers, money is always needed to keep the monthly bills paid as well as for the production of new local programming. Memberships, donations, corporate sponsorships, and advertisers all help to keep your local independent broadcaster functioning. For more information on how you can contribute to this vital part of the Prince George Media Mix, visit our website at cfisfm.ca or give us a call at 250-563-2347. Hungry? Looking for something good to eat? Well, pop on by Boston Pizza and try their new feature menu where Jalapeno Popper Dip is back by popular demand, along with the many tasty new items. As always, Boston Pizza offers medium and large pizzas. Buy one, get one, 50% off for takeout or delivery. And don't forget their happy hour runs in-store from 3 to 6 and 9 to closing daily. Give Boston Pizza a show today at either location, Spruce Land or Brookwood, for any of your snacking needs. Children are back to school and the weather is turning cooler. Time to make your appointment at Tops and Bottoms. 
Find your well-fitting, supportive and beautiful underwear in our store at Second and Victoria. We are here to help make your shopping experience a victory. Schedule a fitting appointment with your service expert online at topsandbottoms.ca or call 250-614-1553. Tops and Bottoms, continued support for the women of Prince George. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today, clearing early this afternoon with a high of 18. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming clear before morning. A fog patch is developing overnight and a low of 1. Sunny on Saturday and a high of 19. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Welcome back to After 9. I'm your host on the Friday panel, Rez Krebs. Um, before we get into the panel today, uh, many of our listeners will have heard an all-candidates forum on Wednesday night. Due to some technical issues, we missed the first three candidates for councillor uh, opening statements. So right now we're going to play recorded messages from John Zukowski, Karen Muir, and Carm Manhas. Uh, we've got those lined up right here. Hi, I'm John Zakowski. I'm running for Prince George City Council in this upcoming civic election. Uh, my platform details are very simple. Anybody that's gone downtown and seen the condition of our downtown core realizes it's time for change. Ineffective council, mismanagement of funds, and just disorganization in general has to stop. So, on October 15th, I'm asking you to put a next next to my name on your ballot for Prince George City Council. To find out more about me and my platform, hit www.zukowski.city.ci.ty. Thanks. Hi, Prince George. I'm Karen Muir, and I'm running for City Council. I'm a UNBC grad, a single mom, community volunteer, and designated accountant in the forest industry. I have skills and perspectives that are not currently represented, including financial management and those of a young family. As a chartered professional accountant, I have managed large, complex budgets, cost management on capital projects, and I have expertise in internal controls. My volunteer board experience also has given me skills in governance. My priorities are housing for all demographics, taking care of vulnerable people with respect and dignity, increasing community vibrancy and livability through community arts, culture, and recreation, and moving to a more sustainable and accessible infrastructure. To elect somebody with compassion, accountability, and transparency, vote for me on October 15th. My name is Colin G. Manhouse, and I'm running for Prince George City Council. My platform is built on accountability, transparency, and holding people responsible. Today I have a very interesting report, which can be used as a great verifiable metric for voters to make change as they want to see happen. Consistent behavior is an indicator of future behavior. Yes, consistent track record is a valid measuring tool that all current and future councillors should be called to defend. It's all proven in the math. This information reiterates my statements to this entire election period. There always needs to be alternative voices and diverse opinions and thought within our government systems. The question is, when if ever did any of our councillors vote no over the last four years based on 2018-2020 data? 
Out of 1,989 calls to vote, the previous councillor to have the most critical voice in to say no was Councillor Streetham. Uh, what could be considered a small amount of no's at 56? McConaughey, 24. Frizzle, 27. The report is pretty clear that the current councillor has a prevalence of groupthink. This does include some minutes and stuff, but the whole point is that I am that voice. I am looking to make change, and I'm going to keep everyone accountable, including myself. So, yeah, we uh, we just heard from... John Zukowski, Karen Muir, and Carm Manhas. If you'd like to hear from the rest of the candidates, the recording of the All Candidates Forum is available at the CFIS website and on our Facebook page, uh, 93.1 CFIS FM. Uh, there'll be a video there. So uh, we've got our panel here today. We've got Eric Allen, Herb Martin, and Art Betke. Um so I think I'd like to start today's conversation talking a little bit about what you folks found surprising during the municipal municipal campaign. I should note that we're going to be spending our the rest of our uh, time here discussing the municipal campaign. Um, so, you know, we've we've had what over a month of official campaign period, almost six weeks. Um, we've got a voting day tomorrow. What surprised you most, Eric, during the campaign? Well, <clears throat> two things. Uh, number one, I was somewhat surprised with the number of uh, qualified applicants that actually are running for these consular positions. It's a pretty good group of people out there, and what happens when you have that? You know, you only, you've got 20 consulars, you only need eight. So we've got some people that, unfortunately, are not going to make it. And hopefully they'll try it again next time around, depending on what happens. So... <clears throat> and the same thing, I guess, for the the mayor's situation to a lesser degree. I, maybe if I wouldn't even go so far as to say that in the mayor's situation. It's a little different. But uh, And the other big surprise is the amount of money being paid. If I was just a guy wandering down the street and wondering what was going on, I would think that some individuals were maybe trying to buy the election with the amount of money that's put out there. And we'll know exactly how much money that they spent on their election. Afterwards, when the election BC figures come out, and uh, I think last year, as an example, and I just bring this out because he was the person that spent the most money, or at least uh, uh, collected the most money, which was Kyle Sampson, and he, he was around $17,000, which was quite a high number at that time for Prince George. Uh, I think it's going to be higher this time around for some candidates. And uh, that'll be an interesting uh, aspect of it. So that's two sort of surprises for me. Do you do you suspect that uh, candidates have actually gone over the spending limit? I'm just looking up that spending limit right now. I think the spending limit is around twenty three thousand something. So uh, it's actually for mayor, it's fifty five, yeah, almost fifty six. And for councillor, it's uh, almost 29000 Yeah. So I wouldn't think they'd necessarily go over it, but they're probably, some of them are getting pretty close to that number. And, of course, unfortunately, but the way the system works, uh, people on the other end, they're, they're operating on a shoestring budget. They may have good people, have uh, very well qualified, just don't have the money to compete. And we don't want to get to that situation where... Like United States, if you got 150 or 200 million dollars, you can become president. But if you don't, you could just put that dream in the bottom drawer because it's totally useless in the United States. Right. 
Yeah, we should be thinking about ideas and personalities, not how much cash you've got. Uh, Herb, same question to you. What's your biggest surprise here in the election? Yeah, so I'm going to echo uh, uh, what was just said. Uh, basically, the, num- the number of uh, uh, signs and large signs out there indicate that uh, there's there's uh, quite a few candidates that um, seem to be able to um, think they can monetize perhaps their, their position on uh, on council. Uh, you know, councillors get thirty five thousand dollars a year. If they're going to be spending close to twenty or twenty five thousand dollars on getting elected. Uh, people should really be asking themselves, uh, how is this person justifying this? And um, to who are they beholden, perhaps? So I, I would uh, recommend in my uh, earlier um, uh, thoughts that uh, perhaps if you see large signs, don't vote for those people. So uh, vote for the small <laughs> sign candidates. And um, uh, as Eric said, there's a lot of really... Um, uh, well-credentialed people out there, you know, shooting for one of these jobs. They, they don't, it doesn't pay a lot, and um, we should give these people a chance. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's the biggest surprise I, that I've seen so far. Right on. Thanks, Herb. Art, what's your biggest surprise? Uh, I, I echo Eric on this. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at how many people want the job of mayor. I, I find that astounding. With all the problems facing this city, who would want to take that on? I mean, I, I don't see any solution to these most of these problems. So, I, I can't see somebody. You know, maybe they know something I don't. Uh, but I, I certainly wouldn't want the job of mayor or councillor. Really? Um, and what about this? I mean. So do you think that we should be voting for people who actually have the smaller sign? Is that the, so we're voting for people who are more frugal? Is that the idea here, Herb? Uh, basically, it's just people who are not uh, counting on, um, uh, you know, future income from sources maybe not directly uh, related from uh, working as a city councillor. Right. So, I mean, if someone is spending close to $25,000 and they're going to earn $35,000, uh, I mean, that just uh, that equation doesn't work for me, and uh, it really shouldn't work for anyone. Yeah, I think uh, the ones who have the big signs and the big campaigns and the big ads with all the money spent, uh, that says a lot about how much they think they can or how much the, the spending will affect their chances of getting in. On the other hand, if they are what I would call professional politicians. I don't trust them at all. <laughs> uh, there are some people who, who you know, they, they've run a number of times. They've been elected before, uh, you know, some of the incumbents perhaps. And, uh, yeah, they lose my trust. I, I, sometimes the guys with the, the better ideas don't have the money, and so you don't hear much about them. So I'm going to add my own opinion in here because I my the biggest surprise that I found was the lack of negative advertising. Uh, considering, well, the opinions put forward on this panel about how poorly the current council has managed money, uh, has dealt with accountability and transparency, I would have expected, especially the mayoral candidates, to be um, really running on a a fresh ideas platform that says get rid of the the people who are currently in there. Um, but I wonder if this is something, you know, I'm relatively new to Prince George, only been here for three years. 
have you have you folks who have been here longer ever seen negative advertising municipal campaigns? I think you probably have to some degree, and it de- de- depends on uh, you know what you can consider, consider negative. Uh, I think there's a couple of shots across the bow of uh, McConaughey by some of the uh, candidates in regards to. Uh, her husband working at City Hall and that type of thing, which turned out to be bogus. There's two Kevins involved, apparently. <laughs> there is a Kevin that works at City Hall, but it had nothing to do with McConaughey. And the other guy is a, a business agent for a union. So when you get into that negative stuff, you better know what you're talking about. And uh, in that particular case, it sounds like you didn't. And uh, personally, I don't like the negative part of it. I, I would like to kind of go to higher ground, but I don't think it's happening you know, uh, there's the agenda, and then there's a real agenda of a lot of politicians. And, of course, the real agenda they don't talk about. You might get a statement, like one of them said, to move these people to another location. Well, what does that mean? And where would that location be? <clears throat> a while back, we had a similar situation, maybe 10, 12, 14 years ago, whatever, with prostitutes and street people of that. And uh, the city and the people in their wisdom, the business people in that, they moved them out, but they moved them into the residential areas. And it caused all kinds of problems in another area. So moving people to solve your problem, but creating a problem for somebody else is not a solution. Yeah, it's a beggar thy neighbor kind of situation, yeah. eh? So we need to, these people are here. We know where they are. We know what the problem is. So what it really comes down to, it's time to smarten up and do something about it. And, uh, Sounds like, I yeah. mean, it's a similar thing with negative advertising, right? You're actually beggaring thy neighbor. I, I also, I mean, I noticed through the, the forums that I've attended, people are very collegial, and I really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back to discuss a little more about uh, some of the issues that candidates have been good, bad, and ugly on. Create your own GIF with Christina Watts, Tuesday, December 6th from 6 to 8. Have fun creating an animated GIF to use with a wide variety of applications. It's a great way to wow your friends and family and add some personality to your messages. Registration and full details are available through the Arts North link at studio2880.com. Create your own GIF with Christina Watts, Tuesday, December 6th from 6 to 8 at Studio 2880. The Prince George RCMP is currently investigating a string of break and enters to some local cannabis stores. From just before midnight on October 3rd through to about 3.30 a.m. on October 4th, the cannabis stores near 15th and Victoria, near Westwood and Massey, and on the 400 block of George Street were broken into by multiple suspects. Anyone with information about these events or who the suspects may be are asked to contact the RCMP at 250-561-3300. Books made from paper bags? It's true during the next Creative Space Sunday. Be on hand this Sunday from 1 to 4 and find out how to make a paper bag book. It's free for members, $7.50 for non-members, just $3 per child or $15 for a family with no registration required. Paper bag books this Sunday's Creative Space Sunday from 1 to 4 at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. At approximately 4 p.m. Monday, September 26th, Prince George RCMP attended a motor vehicle incident on the Hart Highway at Wise Broad Road. Investigators have determined a blue Pontiac torrent crossed the center median and collided with a logging truck. Any witnesses or anyone who may have dash cam footage of the incident who have not already spoken with police are asked to contact the local detachment of the 
the RCMP at 250-561-3300. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Herb, I just wanted to continue on with that uh, topic of negative advertising and this, you know, what, uh, you had something to say about the number of candidates? Yeah, I just, I don't think there's any need for negative um, uh, uh, advertising or, or you know, everyone realizes there's a huge problem at City Hall. I think that's why so many people have put their name forward, uh, both for uh, mayor and council. And, um uh, and just a word on the street, I keep meeting people that uh, basically want a, a clean slate. Basically, you know, all the existing councillors should be gone. Perhaps I, I, a Brian Skaken is one I, name I keep hearing that probably should be kept, but everyone else should go. So it's going to be really interesting to see if, you know, that carries through the election, if, if people actually turn out to vote and um, and. Uh, and kick kick a lot of the uh, you know existing people out of there. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting election. All right, what do you think? Does that answer your question about why people are actually running? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> it enforces my question. You know, why do you want to take this on? Uh, I agree. Uh, the, there's a lot of negative publicity over the past few years on the failures of uh, mayor and council with all the financial problems and cost overruns and the like. Uh, so you don't have to uh, really do any negative uh, campaigning so much as just pointing out that I have ideas to to fix these problems and how to run the city better. Basically, you're pointing to all the negative things that uh, are already out there. You know, they're already on people's minds, so I, I you know, I, they don't need to emphasize them. Just by saying, I'm going to fix this idea or I'm going to do better at this particular problem is, in effect, uh, reminding people of it anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty well known I and mean, it's been pretty well publicized, the fiscal failures of this yeah. of this council. I mean, the mayor isn't running anymore, but I think that a lot of the people who are on council now are, are still wearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move on to uh, thinking about some of the best candidates on a on a set of of these issues that are kind of top of mind. I think for most Prince George voters, um, I'd like to start with economic development, uh, and we'll start with you, Herb. Um, out of your, you know, you've clearly been paying keen attention during the campaign. Uh, who do you think is coming out on top in terms of presenting a good? plan to improve economic development here in the city oh well it's it's tough really because in terms of mayoral candidates i mean terry's really fighting um uh the front runner's battle where she's not really trying to make any really uh, outstanding statements just trying to mollify everyone and then simon Hughes making some some interesting statements but some outrageous ones as well i mean I mean, underground walkways, uh, I don't think Prince George is quite ready for that, and uh, maybe not even for the next 50 years. So, uh, but Simon's got some, you know, he's, he's fairly aggressive and um, uh, got some interesting ideas. So, I, you know, I, I would probably, I'd give, I'd, give it, I'd give the edge to Simon on that, uh, on that front anyway. What about in the council? Do you have any, any ideas for who, who is kind of running, running forward in terms of ECDEV on council? Uh, I think uh, basically what we need is good governance on council. Not so much. Uh, I mean, there's there's obviously some pro development candidates, and they're you know, they're pretty evident. Uh, it's it's self evident who they are. 
But um, there's uh, there was um, an endorsement by the Community Health and Inclusion Coalition for Council, and um, interestingly enough, on on their um, uh, recommendations, uh, Wesley Mitchell, uh, James Seidel, Karen Muir, Chris Stern were were the, were the new new faces that they recommended, hmm. and um, and you know Karen Muir is an interesting one. I mean, she works for uh, works for the forest industry, and um, but she's she an gets, accountant. An accountant, but she gets um, uh, a nod from the um, uh, Health and Inclusion Coalition. So I don't know. That's a nice balance. I think that's something that we could be looking for. Uh, James Seidel. I mean, again, he's uh, you know he's got an environmental background, but he's also um, he's also a business owner, and um, uh, he's got that uh, community-minded uh, focus that uh, I think we we really need to to, to look for. For this for the upcoming uh, election okay art who's your top candidate for mayor and council if you've got one on economic development yeah i think i agree with her but I, I think i give that edge to you um just uh not so much the, the things he's been saying as his background uh i think that would uh, just serve him well in that regard yeah, as council, no, I really don't have any preferences on that one. Or no, no, none of the downtown business owners are. Yeah, I think they're more concerned with the the people right around them as than uh, economic development, which is uh, a much bigger issue than what they're facing personally. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that in uh, you know in a few minutes here. Uh, Eric, what did you think about economic development in terms of mayor and council candidates? What's your pick? Well, <clears throat> I have this kind of thought in my head if I've been under a mushroom for the last 25 or 50 years because <laughs> we have two people here. One is Stuart, who is a lawyer and worked 20 years uh, in contract with the city, maybe more. And then you, who's been here, came here in 1975. And I've been here since 1941. And I don't recall ever seeing these guys around or hearing anything about what they were going to do about downtown or about the homeless. Or I don't see, I, I, I'm assuming they're in some sort of community work, uh, but I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, here they are. They both want to be mayor, competing for the top job. Uh, what brought that on? You know, I mean, we have Stuart as an example talking about he was involved in the new courthouse 50 years ago. Well, isn't that wonderful? You know, most of the people who are going to vote tomorrow weren't even born then. <laughs> right. You know, so that's kind of an old, uh, you know. And and then, of course, he's right across the street from the courthouse, as if I understand it correctly, is where his office buildings are. And, and I can see where that business might be impacted by uh, the downtown. And you, if I understand correctly, owns a building right here on 3rd Avenue, 3rd and George, or just up from 3rd and George. And if I owned that building, I certainly want the downtown cleaned up. But on the other part of it, that building has been basically the same for over 10 or 15 years. I don't see these business people that are complaining investing any money. Uh, they're just looking for other people to invest and do something. Well, the other people are taxpayers, same as they are. And so we all need to get involved in solving this problem. The other part of the thing is, <clears throat> do we really want to get rid of most of the people on council? Uh, 
I would say, no, we need to keep a couple around that knows what's going on. The reason that I'm going to support McConaughey in this election, simply, well, not simply because, but one of the reasons is she's got eight years' experience at City Hall as a councillor. She sat in the mayor's chair. She knows most of the files, and she knows how to run a meeting, etc. If we don't do that and do something sensible, we're going to have to start with a whole new crew, and we're going to lose two years just training these people. All right. Thanks, Eric. Well, we'll be back after these messages to talk more about this municipal election. Parent Support Services Society of BC is presenting the workshop RESPs, What Parents Need to Know. In this free workshop, you'll also learn about the Canada Learning Bond, Canada Education and Savings Grant, and BC Education and Training Grant. Registration and full details are available through the event calendar under events and workshops at parentsupportbc.ca. RESPs, What Parents Need to Know, Wednesday, October 19th from 10 to 11.30 through parentsupportbc.ca. Don't miss the art installation, Hope, opening October 28th at Two Rivers Gallery. Through video, painting, a sculpture, and other media, Hope showcases contemporary art from the South Asian diaspora. Guests curated by Sandeep Johal and featuring works by Sarah Khan, Kirit Khar, Farheen Haq, Aman Ahir, Sunrib Khar, Mastali Raj, and Minahil Bukhari, Hope is a unique look at East Asian culture. Hope, opening October 28th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. The B.C. Chamber of Commerce is hosting the 2022 Small Business Week Summit starting Monday. Companies preparing to thrive in the post-pandemic business landscape are encouraged to attend to hear from experts with cutting-edge research and insights on the most important issues facing employers today. Registration and full details are available through the events page at bcchamber.org. The B.C. Chamber of Commerce 2022 Small Business Week Summit starting Monday online. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today clearing early this afternoon with a high of 18. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming clear before morning. A fog patch is developing overnight and a low of 1. Sunny on Saturday and a high of 19. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we're back uh, talking about the municipal campaign. I'm going to move on to the next topic here, accountability and transparency. Art, who's your top pick and why for mayor and council if you got one? Well, for for mayor, where did I have that? Uh, Adam Hyatt, I would think. If if you're just talking about transparency and accountability, that seems to be his whole campaign. Yeah, is like he's the reform candidate. He's going to clean up the downtown. You know, new sheriff in town. Things are going to be, you know, and uh, you know, I I think he's kind of limited in what he can do. I don't think he can do as much as he wants to do or thinks he can do, but he would be the one. To to be, you know, most most pushing that issue, uh, and I think uh, if elected, he he would really push for it. But there's a limit, like I said, what he can do. But I think he's the one who wants to. Right on. I should say, I just want to throw in here. Uh, on surprises, this is the first time we've mentioned his name. He's he's been one of the big surprises of this campaign for me. Despite some early missteps, um, he was actually pretty impressive in quite a few of his answers at these forums. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Eric, accountability and transparency. You gonna you gonna stick with uh, McConaughey? Or you got somebody else in mind? Yeah, yeah, I certainly am, and mainly because I voted early. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> the die is cast. You can change your mind. <laughs> this is the beauty of democracy. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
you know, there's there's a number of things with transparency and the rest of it. And, we're, and just to finish off this economic development, we have an economic development department. They used to be on First Avenue. They had a staff of eight or ten or something. They got rid of that. They moved half of them back to City Hall. That's their job. We pay a big dollars to do that. So it can be overseen by the mayor and the council or whatever. But those people are working on economic development every day. The problem is... That's a huge file, and, and people aren't coming to town and investing money in Prince George at the moment, so we have to revisit that. But uh, there's a, a chap uh, that does studies on municipalities and, and did some internal auditing on that. And one of the things that he said is, one thing I've started to realize is that the understanding of governance is extremely poor among politicians. They don't understand their role or the rules of governing. So a lot of times when we're talking about the guy's going to do this, the guy's going to do that, people will say, well, the mayor's only got one vote, the same as a councillor. And if you don't have a group of people going with you to do what you want to do, you're not going anywhere. If you don't get somebody to second your motion, it's dead right now. So people have to understand that, that, you know, it's not that easy to make changes at City Hall. What you want to do is work with the city manager and your finance people, and your top managers, okay? And again, this report says what they tend to do when the new mayor comes in is to get rid of these people and bring in their own guys. Well, this is not a corporation. You know, you can do that with a corporation's money if you want. This study indicated in the last eight or four or five years or something, something like $15 million dollars in some of these municipalities in BC went out just in severance packages. Wow. I think that the city of Prince George in the last three or four years, like there's about eight people or ten people that left the city of Prince George, uh, either voluntarily or involuntarily. That's probably over two million dollars in severance packages. We have to stop that. You know, so if you're going to do something to save money, the first thing you can maybe do if you're elected as mayor is do nothing with your uh, city manager and what's left of your staff. I mean, you just went through it and, and hired a city manager here a couple of years ago or promoted him. Give him three or four years or a couple of years until you know what it's like, what's going on. In other words, quit, you know, trying to bring in your own team and pretend that you're a real player or something. It's not a corporation. You're spending my tax dollar to play your game, and I don't like that. Herb, what do you think? Is this, do you agree that we should be uh, kind of status quo on accountability and transparency and keeping the staff we've got? Or do you think that considering some of the big mistakes they've made in the last few years, we need new ones? Um, they, you know, New mistakes? or <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, they keep saying, hey, they, the city council has one employee and that's the city manager. They, they can't make other... Uh, other hiring and firing, but you know, I guess first back to the first question: Who is your top candidate for accountability and transparency? And then I think I'd love to hear what you think about uh, what Eric was saying. Yeah, I I, I uh, agree with Art. Uh, Adam Hyatt was um, really shown a lot of innovation and a lot of um, openness to new ideas. And I think um, you know, with uh, a progressive or semi-progressive uh, council, uh, he could accomplish quite a few things. So. He's, he's, I think he's the most interesting mayoral candidate, really, of them all. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I would say uh, basically look look for uh, city councillors, uh, new ones. I, I, I really think um, 
there's a lot of people there that have put their, their names forward who are qualified, um, who could do a very good job. Um, you know, basically uh, elect uh, councillors uh, from the previous term um, uh, only as last resort. Like maybe, maybe Brian and Corey come to mind as, you know, really being, you know, stand-up people uh, as far as I'm concerned. And um, uh, we could we could use almost a whole new slate of, of city councillors. Um, I just want to give Art an opportunity here as well as as Herb to to, to answer the question that kind of Eric raised. What about staff? Um, it's true that that the uh, city council is really kind of acts as the board of the city, right? Um, and they they give direction to the city manager who then is meant to implement that. But we've had. Uh, the destruction of the Moccasin Flats last November 17th. There has been no accountability, accountability for that, although there has been statements about changes to how uh, the city um, makes decisions around finances. You know, the issue with both the parkade and the pool coming over over cost, over budget, parkade much more uh, significantly. Have we really seen, like, <laughs> the blood in the streets that we really want to see <laughs> in order to, like, make that right? And should we want that? Yeah, council... Like they they set the the direction, uh, they cannot run the city. Uh, it's impossible, and uh, even the manager has a whole lot of uh, underlings who you know sub sub managers and so or whatever, uh, delegated authority and so on. So uh, your council and mayor will work with the city manager, and uh, the, the city manager will tell council what he can do, what can be done. They will tell them what they want to be done, and they'll work things out that way. Um, with the uh, the past council and some of their decisions, uh, like spending for the the Rolls Royce pool uh, in downtown instead of uh, two more modest pools uh, in other locations uh, that would better serve uh, uh, College Heights and the Heart. Um, that that's a council decision. That's that's uh, profligate spending on their part, and uh, that has nothing to do with city management. So, yeah, that's where they have to smarten up, just in the overall direction that the city goes. All right. Well, we'll be back after these messages to talk a little bit more about housing and urban planning. Studio Twenty Eight Eighty is super excited to launch monthly features on their new online shop. It has taken a lot of work to get to this point, and Studio Twenty Eight Eighty is still adding more. So check in often as they continue to get a nice selection of Community Arts Council artist and artisan goods online. Shop and support our local artisans through the shop online link at studio twenty eight eighty dot com. That's online shopping with monthly gift shop features at studio twenty eight eighty dot com. Physical activity is a lot more fun when you're physically literate. Now more than ever, physical literacy is being recognized as an important component of best practices in the sport, recreation, health, and education sectors. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, and Recreation Council is presenting Introduction to Physical Literacy 101, Indigenous Lens, today online. Registration and full details are available through the events page at ispark.ca. Introduction to Physical Literacy today from 10 to 1 30 online. Among the fall programs at Studio 2880 is Podcast 101 with Michael Cast. Learn how to develop your own audio channel on four consecutive Tuesday evenings starting November 8th. Registration and full details are available through Studio 2880. It's another cutting edge program presented by Arts North, a division of Studio 2880. 
Podcast 101, four consecutive Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8, starting November 8th. Registration and full details are available through studio2880.com. The Prince George Council of Seniors present In Case of Emergency, Laugh, October 22nd at Vanier Hall, featuring America's Got Talent semifinalist Greg Morton and TEDx talk speaker Maureen Langan. Tickets are just $50, available at ticketsnorth.ca and CN Center. Net proceeds benefit the seniors in our community. In Case of Emergency, Laugh, Saturday, October 22nd at 2 and 7 in Vanier Hall. Sponsored by Prince George Ford and presented by your Prince George Council of Seniors. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, everyone, same same question. Best... Uh Best candidate this time for I'm I'm grouping housing and homelessness together. Maybe we're going to solve homelessness. Usually we need housing. Um, housing has become unaffordable. Eric, you're up first. Okay, so if you listen to what the candidates have been talking about uh, during this election and that, and uh, you know they have the possibility of doing an expansion at the civic center, and that might include uh, uh, some sort of a performing arts center attached there, 800-seat theater or something. And uh, in addition to that, maybe some improvements on the farmer's market, which I think is a good thing. But I'm not hearing a lot of talk about homelessness and or what they're going to do about it. So I think it's way past the time that we should make homelessness and this uh, problem that we have. And I don't like to call it a problem, but the situation downtown that should be the priority somehow we might even want to get to the point where money spent on these wonderful things like which I forgot to mention is rebuild a new hockey rink I mean everybody that plays hockey figures that's the greatest thing in the world and people who swim love the swimming pool and people who in the arts they love the arts but I don't see anybody doing anything about homeless housing so why don't we make that the priority Number so one. So who's the who's the mayoral candidate that's going to do the best job? The only one with any experience at City Hall is, like I said, McConaughey. The rest of them are coming in new, and they have some vested interests. Good point, Herb. Uh, I don't think um, so. Mayoral candidates can maybe um, uh, attack uh, housing problems in an indirect way, in, in, you know, by encouraging development. So Simon, you would be the one for that. Uh, what we really need is a council that has a social conscience. Um, you know, uh, five years ago or six years ago, we, uh, in order to build this $50 million pool, tore down a hotel that had recently been developed or, or, or renovated. Uh, there was 127 rooms there. The city bought it for $5 million. That would have gone a long way to solve homelessness in this town. And uh, because no one on council... Uh, thought that they had better things to do than build a $50 million pool, uh, we wound up tearing that uh, hotel down. And um, uh, we're basically now in a, at a, in a predicament where uh, we've just built a one 50-room ha- uh, uh, housing unit uh, for the homelessness, or for the homeless, rather, uh, at, for $25 million, and we're going to build another one. So what we need, we need to change the council. And uh, and we also uh, we also need to in, increase uh, uh, home building in this in this town. I think Simon, you would be the mayoral candidate for that. 
All right, what do you think? I think uh, Simon Yu as well. Um, you know, he does have a vested interest, and I think maybe that's a good idea sometimes. If if he's the one uh, suffering from the problems of the homeless downtown vagrant problem, uh, you know, he's feeling the impact personally, then he might be more motivated to do something that actually works. Um, as far as housing itself, there's... Uh, other than spending huge amounts of money, uh, like Herb said, uh, to build these uh, brand new structures for uh, homeless people, uh, we, we don't have a whole lot of power to do anything like that uh, as a municipality. A lot of that rests with the province and uh, try and get them doing something. Okay, do what you can to, uh, to, to get help from them, but I, I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of success for that. Uh, I would like to see some way found to move the homeless people into a contained area. I don't mean just cage them in a fence or anything like that. But, you know, Moccasin Flats is, seems to be a gathering place for a lot of them. So put a lot of facilities there for them. Uh, to, so, you know, uh, rather than, uh, like Eric said earlier, about when they had the prostitute problem, they moved them all into residential areas. Well, you don't want to move these people into residential areas. You want to get them somewhere where they don't bother all the business and so on. So if you had one huge designated area away from all the business, that would off help an awful lot. And I think I see Eric shaking his head there. So Okay. Uh, I, we're running out of time. I want to just get a one-word answer from everybody on best mayoral candidate for urban planning. Herb? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess Simon Yu. I, I think uh, he's, he's got a, you know, an engineer's... Just the one-word answer. we got to run. Yeah. Art, what do you think? You. Okay. And Herb? No, that Sorry, was. Eric. <laughs> but I wanted to use this phrase because uh, you uses it all the time. So I'm saying anybody but you. <laughs> <laughs> so who are we going to put you on? Well, I, I'm going to go with the council because it's going to be Jerry? done by yeah, it's going to yeah. be done by the uh, the city manager and and those people anyway. Uh, so. You know, I was kind of keeping track on who who we have for best options for each of those topics. We had four topics. You came out with six points, McConaughey with four, and and Hyatt with two, just for those of you who are listening at home. I did want to just finish off today. Um, First of all, I want to make sure we have a shout-out to the Kinsmen who helped out um, during the event on Wednesday here, making sure that uh, everyone knows how to vote. Saturday, it's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You need two pieces of identification showing ID a place, and a place of residence, and one has to have your signature, a driver's license, a care card, a credit card, a passport, a property tax notice, or a current utility bill will work. Um, to get uh, poll locations, you can check out princegeorgia.ca or sd57.ca. Now, before we go, how about predictions? I want to get your top prediction for mayor, and if you've got them, your top three councillors. Herb? Herb. I guess, uh, look, I, I think uh, there's going to be a big difference between what, what happens and what I wish for. What I wish for is a progressive uh, mayor and council, and that would be Simon Yu, uh, new councillors, Wesley Mitchell, James Steidel, Karen Muir, and um, uh, uh, John uh, Zakowski. Okay. All right, what do you think? Uh, I, I can't predict council. Uh, for mayor, I think uh, you and McConaughey, it's a toss-up. I 
give a slight edge to you, but I'm notoriously bad at p- picking election winners. Okay, then we should have a bet then. Uh, <laughs> Eric? Well, I'm going with McConaughey, of course, and I think Skakin's a given. Whether I vote for him or not, he's going to be there. Uh, maybe he just wants to break the record and then he'll call it quits. And... Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see Zakowski and and Steidel in there. And, of course, Susan Scott, she's got some experience, kind of both sides of the road. We need somebody that can see both sides of the road. And Wesley Mitchell, I think, would make a great counselor to sit in and and, uh, maybe rattle people's chain once in a while. So that's where I am. I'd like them all. Ron Polio, Chris Stern, he's got a different set. And Tim Bennett seems to turn things around, and uh, he does talk intelligently. That's all it takes for me. Excellent. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, everyone at home, don't forget to vote tomorrow, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Check princegeorge.ca or sd57.bc.ca for polling locations. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to 93.1 CFISFM, Prince George, proudly partnered with local community groups like the Railway and Forestry Museum on River Road next to Cottonwood Island Park.